to God's house recognizing that he still speaks. He still speaks. He's a now God with a now word. Amen. It's all in here from Genesis to Revelation, but he's speaking today. We don't have to live on yesterday's word. Amen. He's speaking today, and I believe he's got a fresh word for this house this morning. I believe that he wants us to take a new look at a parable that most of the time we read and we see through one set of lenses. So I'm going to ask that you just prepare yourself to put a new set of lenses on this morning and open your word to Matthew chapter 25. How many of you know that the parables are God's way of speaking to us? Um, Jesus himself taught the disciples through the parables in an attempt to give them understanding of who God was, of God's nature, his will, and his desire. Yet sometimes we look at the New Testament parables through a set of Old Testament glasses. We look at God in a new dispensation of grace through the eyes of judgment and criticism and harshness because we have difficulty understanding that he truly is good. He's good and he doesn't desire that we fear him in an unhealthy way of fearing him. When the scriptures are telling us to fear him, it's not to be terrified of him. It means to be in awe of him. Chapter 25. I'm going to read through this uh, portion of scripture here. Would you just read with me on your own? We're going to start in verse 14, looking at the parable of the talents. Now, as we read this, I want, I want you to know that what I want you to do is to see this uh, a little bit differently this morning. Understand that as we're reading this, the master in this portion of scripture, or um, uh, yeah, the master in this portion of scripture uh, is, is a reflection of the Father. Or it should be, in our minds, a reflection of the nature of God. So let's just go ahead and read through this, and then we're going to visit this just a little bit. In verse 14, the scripture reads, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. How many of you know that God delivers, delivers the goods? Okay. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, two gained two more also. But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought the other five, saying, Look, Lord, you delivered to me five. I have gained five more besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you have delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there have what is yours. Father, do your thing. Speak to our hearts, God. Break off the old religious mindsets that are in our midst. 
and give us an understanding of the goodness of your nature. This is my prayer for your name's sake and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I said we're going to take a little bit of a new look at this parable. Oftentimes when this parable is taught, we're talking about stewardship and how we should be faithful in our giving. And all of that is true. But that's not what I want to focus on this morning. What I want to focus on is in this parable, God is revealing his nature. And if you and I would come to an understanding of the goodness of God, the things that are good about him, how he makes investments in us, and desires for us to to see increase and return, we would begin to step out in areas that maybe we were fearful to step out into previously. And we would start to gain in areas where we've experienced loss. So in this story, we see three men. But I want to start with the one man who took the talent and hid it in the ground. Let's let's reread verse 24 here. It says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. I'm going to stop right there. Many of us have the wrong perception of who God is. This servant, this steward, had a perception of the master. Remember, this, this portion of scripture started out saying, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man. Speaking of the master, in this story, talking about the kingdom of heaven, the nature of our God. And this third man in this story had a wrong perception about who God was. It goes to say in verse 24, I, I knew you to be a hard man. The truth is, he didn't really understand who the master was. He didn't have the right kind of perception of the master. When you and I have a wrong concept of God's nature, it keeps us from the promises of God. It keeps us from the blessing. It keeps us from entering into that place of increase and multiplication. When our concept is that God is a hard God, he's an angry God. He's a mean God. He's a God that's waiting to punish us for our mistakes. Look, that may have been so in the Old Testament, to some extent. But if you really know God, you know he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And the children in the Old Testament really struggled, really, really struggled with who God was. As a matter of fact, very few of them understood that God was good. And because they didn't understand that they wandered, they didn't have faith in his promises. They had a wrong concept of who he was. They thought he was a punitive God, waiting to mete out judgment on their every mistake. Moses, if you remember in Exodus 33, and you don't have to go there, you can write it down if you're making notes. But in Exodus 33:18, Moses said to the Lord, God, show me your glory. You know what God replied? I'm not going to show you my glory. Because it's not for you to see yet. In the old dispensation, right? But I will show you all of my goodness. Come on, somebody. I will make all of my goodness pass before you. That's what he says in that scripture. I will make all of my goodness pass before you, and I will be gracious toward you. See, Moses had a little bit of faith that God really wasn't such a punitive God, that that God's nature was actually good and generous and beneficial. Sometimes, church, we have to admit 
that we're rooted in some wrong perceptions about who he is. And if we would just get a new grip, a new view of the nature of God, that he's good. He's good and he's loving and he's generous. He's amazing. He's got the best in store for us. If we would really get a hold of that, then we would begin to step in to the good things that he's promised us. I heard a preacher once say, what you think about God is the most important thing that you'll think. Can I let, let that sit right there for just a second? What you think about God is the most important thing that you'll think. Man. So in verse 25, this, this fearful servant says, I was afraid. And I went and I hid the talent that you gave me in the ground. This is the question that I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit. I chucked the notes and the plan because I really felt him saying, are we burying our potential in the ground? Are we, are we burying our potential? Are we so afraid of doing that we're doing nothing at all? Are we so fearful of making a mistake that we're paralyzed? We're not moving out. We're not trusting God for the bigger, the better, the impossible. Because listen, if you and I can do it and it's possible, then it's not God. We got to start taking some risks. Amen. Fear keeps us from realizing our dreams. It keeps us from stepping out into the blessing of God. Listen to this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He who is not every day conquering some kind of fear has not learned the secret of life. He who is not every day conquering some kind of fear has not learned the secret of life. Listen, in verse 25, when he says, I was afraid, when the servant says, I was afraid, the word afraid is actually translated phobia, terrified. I was terrified of God. Listen, God wants you to be in awe of him, but he doesn't want you to be terrified of him. Some of us are operating under that concept. Conquering fear is just kingdom, kingdom living. Overcoming fear in our lives. I'm not talking about just of the external things. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I do this and there's no result? Well, you know what? It's going to be the same result if you do it and there's no result. Then the same result if you don't do it at all. So you might as well give it a shot. Invite God into it. Trust his nature. Let's talk about the other two guys in this story. I love these guys. These guys were the ones that seized the opportunity that was placed before them. These guys are the ones that trusted the nature of the master that released the gift. These guys were the ones that said, hey, you know what? If God's going to invest something, if this master is going to invest something, then that must be a couple things about him that we better get a hold of. Number one, he's generous. He's generous. Where did this confidence come from that, that enabled these guys to take what was given them and invest it, take a chance with it? Seize the opportunity that was set, set before them. Where did that confidence come from? It came from the confidence 
in the very nature of who he was, their view of who he was. Come on, somebody's got to be with me this morning. I really believe that in this house, God is requiring that we get a different view of who he is. Now, don't for a moment walk out of here misquoting me saying that we shouldn't be in reverence of God. We absolutely should be in reverence of God. But if, until we come to understand that his nature is truly good, we're going to miss out on the things that he puts before us. The first guy misinterpreted he says, you reap where you have not sown. He, re- he, he interpreted that this, as this guy's a harsh guy. You know, he's going and collecting, forcefully collecting where he hasn't sown. He didn't understand the supernatural nature of the master. The others understood this, if you're taking notes. First of all, they understood that he was generous. Do you know that a talent at that time was about $10,000? So this master came into town... And deposited 50 grand on one of these guys and said, go ahead, try it. Go see what you can do with it. To the second guy, he gave 20,000, according to his ability, the scripture says. To the third guy, he says, you know what, I'll give you 10 grand. And he already knew the nature of this guy. He already knew his limitations. But he said, you know what, I'll give it to you anyways and give you a try. Somebody in this place needs to hear this this morning. We are sitting around with potential in our hands. Some of us have taken that potential, those things that he's released to us, and we buried it in the dirt. God is saying, dig that stuff up. Dig that stuff that I gave to you up out of the dirt because my intent is to see you multiply in blessing. My intent is to see you walk out the promises of God. I have made promises. I have given you dreams. I have opened up the heavens and caused you to see things. Who's going to take advantage of my generosity? Just hear the hear the word of the Lord this morning. Who's going to take care who's going to take advantage of my generosity? These guys were all over it. I love it. He's like here's 50 grand. Go at it. I'm going to take off for a while. I'm going to take off for a while. We'll see, we'll see what you do when, we, when I get back. I love it. Here you go. Try it out. See what you can do. He trusts us, church. <laughs> Some of you, you need to get that. He trusts us. He, your, your, your yesterday's mistakes, he's forgotten about them. You should too. Because if you're thinking about it, it's keeping you from going on into what he's made, what he's promised, into your destiny, into your potential. He trusts us. What does he trust us with? He trusts us with treasure. He trusts us with wisdom. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Supernatural wisdom. He trusts us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He trusts us with healing. He trusts us with the ministry of reconciliation. We've been talking a lot about, about going out and, um, and ministering to the lost. I'm not talking about going out and telling somebody they're going to hell if they don't get saved. I'm talking about going out and releasing the kingdom of heaven to those that you come in contact with so that they will have an understanding that what's going on in your life, they can't do without. I'm not talking about fly by hay. Did you know? Did you know if you don't confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to hell? Man, we got to get better at reconciliation than that. 
We got to get better than that. That might be truth according to his word, but I don't know how many people are going to instantly respond to that. Why don't you try releasing a gift of the spirit that's in your life and seeing them astounded at the glory and the power and the majesty of God? He trusts us with healing. He trusts us, come on, somebody, with the gospel of salvation. He trusts us, church. He trusts us. He invests. He makes investments in you and in me. Why? So that we can go bury it somewhere? No. So that we can invest it in others. Man, listen to this verse in James. If you're taking notes, James 1 and 5 says this. If, listen, I was on vacation one year and I, I memorized this whole chapter. I love this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. Listen, do you need direction in your life? You feel like you're floundering? You need some understanding? The scripture tells us to ask God for wisdom, not your own wisdom, wisdom that comes from on high. And the scripture says that he will give us liberally liberally wisdom that we need to attack that problem that issue that's before us that maybe has been there for years maybe you've been trying to do it on your own maybe you 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 buried that talent in the backyard and you've been relying on your own strength your own might and your own wisdom why don't you dig up the wisdom of god that's available to you and advance advance thank you jesus Listen, God is not looking to withhold. Some of us really have this concept. And if you're honest, you know, some of you are shaking. No, no, no. In most of us, in some area, we have this kind of concept of God that, that he's just kind of holding out. He's, he's, you know, he's a God that withholds because, you know, after all, you know, we're just, we're just a bunch of mess-ups. That's not the nature of our God. He is not a God that withholds from us. He's a God of increase. He's not a God of withholding. He's a God of blessing. He's a God of promise. He's a God of multiplication. He's not a God of subtraction. He's not holding you yesterday against you. Thank God. Thank God. If he was, I wouldn't be standing here. I want you to know something. His initial investment was extravagant. The initial investment that he made in you and that he made in me was extravagant. Just bear with me for a couple more minutes. Titus verse, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, read this. I'm going to just do, I'm going to go up to 4. It says, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Got to get this part. Whom he poured out on us lavishly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Come on. Has anybody here, does you have an understanding of the lavishness of God's love? His love is extravagant. His love is lavish. He lavished his love on us. That's so good. Some of us have the concept that he's standing back waiting to say, you know what? If you get it right, I'll love you a little bit. If you get it right, I'll bless you a little bit. 
He's just looking for us to step out in faith. You know what faith is? Faith is recognizing that, that no matter how good we are, we still can't earn his goodness. We have to come to that place where we let go of our own performances. We let go of our own abilities and say, you know what? I have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am free. No more regret. No more shame. No more looking back. Because whenever I'm looking back, I'm trying to pull that junk forward. I need to let go of it and understand that I have been made righteous. I need to believe it. Really, really believe it by faith. Anybody with me this morning? He's made a generous, lavish deposit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A generous deposit. He's a generous God. All right, back to the two guys. We know that in this portion of scripture, they recognized his generosity. What else did they recognize? Let's look at verse 25. Actually, that slip up. Let's go up to uh, verse 23. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. I wish I would have had time to do a word study on that ruler this morning. I didn't, but I can only imagine. What God is saying here is, look, let's partner together. There's kingdom business going on, and I'm calling you into a partnership in that business. Do you want to be a part of what I am doing in the kingdom? That's where this whole portion of scripture started. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling. See, God is trying to get us to understand his nature here. He's looking for business partners. What kind of business? Kingdom business. Are you ready to partner with him this morning? Are you, or are you burying his investment in the backyard? Come on, somebody. Dig it up. Dig it up. He rewards the faithful. He rewards the obedient. What does that mean? He rewards the perfect? He's waiting. No, he's just looking for those who will step out in faith and believe in his nature. Trust in his nature, not Kimmy. His nature, he is the same yesterday, today, forever. We're talking about who he is, not what he does. Look, how he does things changes. No doubt. Different methods. But if we're focusing on how he's doing things, God, how are you going to work this out? How are you going to make this happen? Man, Lord, this is, this is a big, you know, this is a big deal. I really wonder how you're going to do this. Can you tell me how you're going to do this? Why don't you just get your eyes off what he does and how he does it and get your eyes back on who he is. He's good. He's generous. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of the faithful and the obedient. Hebrews eleven six says this, without faith, come on, without faith, it is impossible to, impossible to please him. For he who comes to him, come on, somebody, the rest of this is the good part. For he who comes to God must believe that he does. Uh Uh-uh. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is. And, by the way... He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Come on, somebody.
we praise the Lord with me this morning? You don't have to have the resources. He's got them. All you got to do is diligently seek them and he just pours them out generously. He rewards you for just a little bit of faith. Does anybody have faith in this house this morning? Look, we've been places. It's been difficult. I don't care that we're the worst county in the nation. Foreclosure this. Uh, uh, unemployment that. We've allowed that mindset to settle down in on us. I don't know about you, about you, but this is not my kingdom. I've been affected by that. Here, I confess it. Behind this pulpit, before all y'all. It's jacked me up. It's made me fearful, but no more. I'm digging up my stuff. I'm going to make my deposits. I'm going to make some investments. And I'm going to trust God for the increase. Amen? Because my God is good. My God is generous. My God is a rewarder of those who faithfully seek him. I've been bowing down to the wrong God. That's right. I'm human. Just like you. Man, you know, and he's not just a rewarder. Genesis 15.1, in the very beginning, this is what he said. Do not fear. What are we talking about? Remember the fearful steward here? What happens when we fear? Fear comes and just binds us up. Genesis 15.1 says, do not fear. I am your shield. (laughs) I am your shield. What are you relying on? What are you relying on to protect you? How do you view God? Do you think he just pulls the covers off of you and leaves you out there vulnerable to be attacked, to be, you know, to be taken advantage of? That's not God. He says, do not fear. He started in the very beginning. He said, do not fear. I am your shield. I am your protection. I'm the one that's surrounding you. Yeah, it might be tough, but you're not alone. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to advance you. I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to show you my goodness. Will you take another look at who I am? Do not fear. I am your shield and your exceedingly. There we have it again. He doesn't just say, and I'm your reward. (laughs) He says, I'm your exceedingly great reward. We've got all these adjectives in the word. Lavish, extravagant, exceedingly, abundantly. Come on, who is he? Who is he this morning? Who is he this morning? Listen, I'm telling you, this is a right now word for some of you in this house. So they understood he was generous. They understood he was a rewarder. They also understood that he was a God that desired that they, they share in his joy. Man, you know, I went through a season where, where, whew, joy was nowhere near me. I don't blame God for that. But I never want to be there again. Ever, ever, ever. I never want to be there again. But in this story, as we read, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, just a few. I will make you ruler over many. And then he says, enter 
into the joy of your Lord. Listen, it's not your joy. It's his. It's his. And he desires, he, makes, he gives us an invitation to enter into a joy that's supernatural. Supernatural, are you getting that this morning? See, these two men, they trusted in God's desire for them to have, a, have an impartation of supernatural joy in their lives. Some of you need that because you've been trying to get joy on your own. You've been trying to make yourself happy. You've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You want a new drug or something. You're looking for it in the natural. God's a supernatural God. And the joy that he offers us is supernatural. That's what he's teaching us in this parable. It's not just stewardship. You need to be a good steward. You need to manage what I give you. You need to, you know, report to me. You need to, uh, all that is part of God's nature. Yeah, we should be good stewards. It's definitely a message in this. But I asked you to put on some new glasses this morning, some new, some new lenses this morning as we looked at this. Really, another portion of what he's trying to say here is, is really you need to take a look at who I am. Because if you miss who I am, if you misinterpret my nature, if you have a wrong concept or a wrong perception, a wrong view of who I am, you're going to miss out on the things that I have in store for you, the things that I freely give. You don't have to earn them. And for the longest time, I read this portion of Scripture, and I couldn't get past the fact, and I've shared this before, that it felt like the investment was a test. Like this master was like testing these guys, you know? Oop, we're going to see how you do. We're going to see how you do, and if you mess up, punitive damages. And you know, I had to honestly really come before the Lord and say, God, you know what? It's my, it's my lenses. I've got the wrong concept of your nature. I've got the wrong concept of who you are, and it's keeping me from real, a real understanding, a revelation of your heart. That's how I said, I was like, God, how come you didn't reward the guy who, who didn't frivolously, you know, he took care of what you gave him. And, and it, the other guys, you just kind of threw it out there. And they took all kinds of risks with your stuff. And then God began to speak to me and say, it's not just my stuff. It's your stuff. I want you to learn how to take risks. I want you to learn how to invest. I'm not just talking about financial investment here. I'm talking about the gifts. I'm talking about wisdom. I'm talking about treasures. I'm talking about the gospel of salvation, the ministry of reconciliation. All the things that he freely gives us, he invests. He says, go for it. Go for it. Come on, just try it. If you fail, so what? There's more. There's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. The investment was not a test. It was not a setup so the master could punish them. These two knew it. The two men in this story knew it. They knew his nature. How do we know his nature? I'm going to read a scripture right now that all of us are really, really probably accustomed to. But just like I said, new set of lenses. Why don't you put a new set of, new set of ears on as I read this to you. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. But that by through him. We might be saved. He's not a God that desires to condemn us for our failures and our wrongs. He's not a God waiting to punish us for our shortcomings. 
He did not send his son into this world to condemn it, but that he sent him so that by through him, we, you and I might be saved. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to perform for it. He sent his son to impart, impute his righteousness to you and I. Come on, somebody needs to get this. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hopefully the silence in this place this morning is just you soaking this up. The kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right? Righteousness? What is righteousness? Righteousness is you and I being made right by God. That means we don't have to fear anymore. We're free. We don't have to walk around in guilt. We don't have to walk around in shame. Come on, tell me our God isn't good. We could be serving a God that we have to perform for. Many do. Many serve that kind of a God all over this world. This nation and internationally, there's people that serve gods that they have to perform for in order to be accepted. Our God died for us. He laid down his life because he knew no matter what we did, we'd never be good enough. So he said, here you go. I'll pay the price. He didn't just impute his righteousness. He imparted it. There you go. I made you right. You don't have to be right. Because I made you right. Now just appreciate the fact that I'm good and we'll walk together in the road of holiness and in the road of goodness. And when you stumble and you fall, I'm not there to point my finger at you. I'm there to pick you up and say, it's all right. There's one God and I'm him. You're going to make mistakes and it's going to be all right. But we're on a journey and we're not done yet. Come on. Somebody's got to be excited this morning about the God that we serve. I love him. Do you love him this morning? Oh my God. I love him. I was in worship this morning. Can I be real? This is not really good etiquette behind the pulpit, but I was really nervous this morning. We're not supposed to say that when we're back here. I'm not nervous anymore. I was really nervous before service because I was supposed to go one direction, but I fought with God about what he was saying and said, but God, we have a plan. (laughs) And and so it was like last minute and right before service, I'm trying to get what he was saying. and, And I was really nervous coming in. And as we began to worship... I mean, that nervousness that was making me nervous became breathlessness, but in a good way. He took my breath away. And Chris, that song, it was like the Holy Spirit just saying, let me seal, seal that word. I really believe this is something that this house has to get a hold of this morning. I really do. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness comes from being right with him through his blood. It's the only way it happens, through his blood. Peace. Where does peace come from? Simple. Because we've been made right. Right? There's no peace attainable outside of that. We can't obtain peace outside of that. Peace is obtained because we've been made right with him. Man, that's a peaceful feeling. Whoo, I don't have to perform. 
Woo, I don't have to do, I don't have to knock on doors. Sorry, if there's any. <laughs> You've been made right. And that brings peace on my soul. And then the topper, the clincher, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and Shabbat. Joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Joy that you and I can't describe. Joy in the face of adversity. Joy when everything else is going wrong. Joy when you can't pay the PG&E. Joy when you wonder where your rent is coming from. Joy that's there and it's unexplainable because it's not yours, it's his. And he says, here it is. Here it is. You want it? I'm going to invest it. What are you going to do with it? You're going to bury it? Or are you going to invest it? Come on. If you can quote this one with me, quote it. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Come on. And at his right hand, anybody? Our pleasures forevermore. Come on, let's do that one again. Maybe even a couple times. In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, come on, who's at the right hand? You and I have been made heirs. We are seated with God, with, with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. <laughs> Listen, church, your wrong views will paralyze you. That's what happened to the steward in this, in this story. He had fear. His fear paralyzed him. Fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you. Father, I bless you. I bless you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Do it, God. Minister to your sons and your daughters. Fear will paralyze you. The wrong concept of who he is, it'll paralyze you. But a supernatural understanding is being released over this house this morning. And I believe that even now, some of you are being invited into that place. And God is saying, it's okay. It's okay to come into that place of peace with me. It's okay. To trust that I'm generous, I'm a rewarder. Not because you deserve it, because that's just my nature. It's just who I am. I'm not generous because you earned it. I'm generous because I'm generous. I'm a rewarder because I'm a reward. It's just who I am. And if you come into my, my presence, there's fullness of joy. Understanding his nature creates a confidence in us. Understanding who he is creates a confidence. That's what happened with, with these servants. They, they understood the nature of the master. They saw, they just picked up on the fact that, hey, you know what? This guy, man, this guy's generous. Man, if, if we take some risks with this and, and we multiply this, he's going to come back and he's going to reward us. Some of us need to start thinking about God like that. Understanding his nature brings a confidence. 
Confidence equals trust. Faith. Why don't you stand to your feet? Ah, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him so much. Do you love him this morning? Okay. Guess what? He loves you this morning. He loves you like nobody's ever loved you. You can't measure or judge his love against how you've been loved, not even by the best of lovers. Don't get all tripped up in that. You can't measure his love. He loves you like no other. He loves you this morning. Listen, I'm just going to ask a question. I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask the saints to pray. If you're in this house this morning and you've never, ever made a commitment, if you've never, ever said, Lord, I want to be in relationship with you. If you've never said, God, I understand now that you paid the price, that I don't have to perform for your love. I don't have to act for your love. If you're coming into that understanding this morning and you'd say, that's me, I want a relationship with this God, this incredible, generous God that rewards. If that's you this morning without hesitation, I'm not going to pull you up front, but I just want you to raise your hand real high so I can see it. Amen. 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 Anyone else all over this house? I'm seeing hands go up all over this house. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hand down. Now, I'm going to give you another opportunity right now. I told you I wasn't going to call you forward. I'm not. I'm not going to call you forward. But I really believe that there are at least a few more of you in this house. And with just a quick acknowledgement, you don't have to leave your hand up. Just slip it up so I can see it. I know it's uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's okay. It's a little act of faith. That's all I'm asking. If you're here this morning, I'm going to ask it again. Saints, be praying. If you're here this morning and you're hesitating right now, I want to remind you he's good. He loves you right where you're at. He's not going to make any demands that he can't help you meet. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, God, show me who you are. I want a relationship with you. I I, I recognize, you know, you did it. You went to the cross. You died. You poured out your, your blood, your life. You gave your life so that I could have a relationship with you. If that's you this morning, one more time, just slip your hand up and put it back down real quick. All over this place. See those hands. Thank you. Praise God. All right, listen, I want you to know, we're going to pray together. In the Bible, it's, it's real clear. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe, believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, it's more than just a confession in your mouth. It's a belief in your heart. It, it's, it's something going on. It's a transferring of power going on in your heart. It's a recognition that, God, you know what? I, I can't do this without you. I need you. I recognize that you are God and that I am not. And that my sin has separated me from the Father. But you paid the price for that. So I want you to do this. I want you to just pray with me real quick. If you raise your hand and all the saints praying together. Father, in Jesus' name, I want a relationship with your son. I want to know God. And I want to be known by him. I confess that you died on the cross. You rose from the dead so that I could be saved. I invite you in to be Lord of my life. I want a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.